0: Hello, everyone, and welcome into this edition of the Sports Detective Podcast Show. I am your host, James Williams, and today I talk about two interesting NFL football topics. I talk about Brock Purdy and his chances to be MVP because little before everyone's eyes. He just snuck in and now he is currently the odds on betting favorite at minus 200 to win the NFL MVP. I talk about that at length. And then after that, I talk about Sean Payton lashing out on the sideline at Russell Wilson. He did not look happy. It's not the first time that has happened this season. We talk about, um we kind of break down that whole situation and then we kind of talk about what that means for the future of Sean Payton and more specifically, Russell Wilson with the Denver Broncos. Um, I want to point out again before we get into the episode here, you are listening to the audio version of the show. I now have had um, a few weeks now of posting uh, excuse me, video clips of the show on YouTube. Just search Sports Detective Podcast in your YouTube browser. Give uh, If you like the videos, give them a like. Please subscribe. It helps the channel grow. Um, just the algorithm... Uh, of getting out content to more people is just so much easier on YouTube um, like the interview we did with um, uh, what's his name Jake Madison uh, it's gotten like probably more than like any podcast that I've had here on Spotify or wherever all of the audio platforms so uh, please do me a favor, go ahead and click subscribe on any of those videos. Um, we also did a bonus video today. We reacted to Dylan Rayola uh, having a, a shocking commitment, decommitting from Georgia and committing to Nebraska. He is a five-star quarterback prospect. So very, very big move for the Corn Huskers there. So uh, if you want to listen to my reaction on that, again, Sports Detective Podcast on YouTube. Without any further ado, here is my conversation about Brock Purdy potentially winning NFL MVP. Um, So the reason you probably clicked on this video here today is because you want to know, can Brock Purdy win MVP? So a little bit of background on my relationship with Brock Purdy. So for people that don't know, I'm from Iowa. I went to Iowa State. And I had season tickets every single year. Brock Purdy was the starting quarterback at Iowa State, and never in my wildest years did I think he would ever one possibly start in the NFL, two be a team's uh, like franchise guy, and three be a guy that is going to be like playing in a playoff game, leading his team to the playoffs, and potentially leading his team to a Super Bowl. A thing that is probably the most improbable thing, though is last night i have been very interested in the mvp conversation in the nfl this year and i was looking through the odds and i saw this this is on Fanduel. i tweeted this out last night brock purdy is currently minus 200 to win the nfl mvp for people that don't know much about gambling minus 200 is not a number that you bet Unless you are like trying to like spend a lot of money and make less of it, if that makes sense. So minus 200 means if you bet $200, you will win $100. Um, for example, if you look at this list, Dak Prescott's plus 600. If you bet Dak Prescott $100 uh, to win MVP and he wins it, you get $600. So hopefully that's a little bit of gambling 101. Basically, Brock, they're ba- basically the odds here are saying it's like Brock Purdy's got it he has got it. He's got it basically locked up. And this very much surprised me because I've been following the MVP conversation and I knew you know, Brock was kind of floating around into that top 10 kind of range there. And he's had a very good season. And, and when he plays and everyone else around him plays and is healthy, the 49ers basically look like a juggernaut and by far the best team in the NFL. So let's just kind of go down the rest of the odds here, too. So we have Dak plus 600, Lamar plus 600. Now, these odds have changed. I think Lamar is actually like plus 450 now. Uh, Josh Allen is plus 1,000 here. I think he's plus 900 now. Um, Jalen Hurts is behind him, plus 1,200. Christian McCaffrey, Patrick Mahomes are both 20 to 1. Tyreek Hill, 25 to 1. Tua, 25 to 1. Uh, And the Trevor Lawrence... Jared Goff, CJ Stroud. And I think if you even go further, Micah Parsons might be down there. Um, and here's kind of the thing about the MVP that I think when we talk about this award and we talk about giving it out and we talk about who's going to get it or who's not going to get it, we have to go back into the past and kind of look at like, okay, what is this award? Who are the type of people that actually end up winning this award? So I was going through that a little bit this morning. So if you kind of look, Throughout the history of the NFL here, or at least the recent history, this is basically just a quarterback award. And if you look at just this century, so we had um um, we had Marshall Falk who won it in 2000 as a running back. We had Sean Alexander and Ladanian Thompson who won it as running backs too. And we had Adrian Peterson 2012 who won it as a running back. Important thing about a a few of these here. So when Sean Alexander won it, he tied the all-time uh, single season NFL touchdown mark. And then the next year when Daniel Tomlinson won it, he, uh, broke that mark. So he had 28 rushing touchdowns that year. And then if you remember the Adrian Peterson year when he won it, he was like eight yards behind breaking the all time, uh, NFL rushing, um, yards in a season mark. He was like eight yards behind Eric Dickerson's total and, it, he like basically carried that team to the playoffs. So that's kind of a, a combination with all of these teams here. It's like for all of these people that win it, it's like they're on. Um, if you're a running back, you basically your performance helps your team propels your team to go into the playoffs. And if you're a quarterback, basically, when you get the award, it's either like a. Um, so if you look at some of these here, when Patrick Mahomes won it that first year, he had 50 touchdowns. Uh, when Peyton Manning won it with the Broncos, he had like 55 touchdowns, Brady in Oh seven. That was the undefeated year. And he had a bunch of touchdowns that year. Um, basically it's like, you're either a statistical anomaly at that quarterback position. And if you are a statistical anomaly at the quarterback position, your team typically wins a lot of games. But then if you look at a lot of other stuff here, like, like Matt Ryan, um, quarterback on a, on a, the best team, kind of best, one of the best regular season teams. Um, Kind of the same here with a lot of the other Brady ones, these Peyton Manning ones, um, going down to Kurt Warner. So if you kind of like match some of that stuff up, the Brock Purdy MVP case isn't necessarily that crazy too. Because if you go and you look at the NFL single season leaders, um, is Purdy dominating every single passing uh, like statistic? No, but he is leading the league in touchdowns. He is leading the league in passer rating. And he's quarterbacking this unstoppable team. Now, there's a bunch of like kind of, I'm not going to go through all of these, but Purdy's up there in a lot of these statistical categories. Um, Now, you can debate which ones are the most important, which ones are the least important, which ones are overrated, all that stuff. But going through all that stuff today, Purdy is actually a lot more statistically impressive than um. Than I originally thought seeing the odds. And part of the reason Purdy is also in the lead here is because there's really no one else that's really like, like stuck out. Like Dak Prescott was in the up there in a while for the uh, potentially, potentially winning this award. And we had uh, Lamar Jackson has been up there. But even if you look at Lamar Jackson, I think he's getting a little bit penalized here because just statistically, he won an MVP previously, but if you look at that 2000, what was it, 18 or 19 year, he won the MVP, he, his stats were insane. He rushed for like 1,200 yards. He threw 36 touchdowns this year. Um, his rushing yards are still going to be decent, but this year he only has 16 touchdowns left. And basically, I was looking at these Purdy MVP odds again, and I think this is how they got to that conclusion where he is like the prohibitive favorite. Because next Monday night, Purdy and the 49ers Christmas Day are playing the Baltimore Ravens on Monday Night Football. And if Purdy can outplay Lamar Jackson head-to-head, then it's going to be pretty... like He's basically going to take that front seat there of the MVP conversation. So if Lamar loses that game, and maybe it's even just like a 21-17 game or something like that, and the 49ers win like like Lamar's out of it. His stats aren't good enough and if he's not if his team doesn't have the best record, which they probably won't if they don't win that game. Um then I'm guessing that like he he's not going to win it. So with all that being said, my bra- background with Brock Purdy I still I still and maybe I have a little bit of a bias thing cuz everything that's been going on with him the last like calendar year has been so surreal and so unique and so improbable. I almost can't believe how good he's doing that. I still just, I still have a hard time thinking a seventh round pick in his second year in the league is going to win league MVP. I still have just such a hard time believing that. And again, maybe I'm even a little bit more biased because the reason I've been checking these odds and really paying attention to all this stuff is because I was kind of thinking like, well, in a year where none of the star quarterbacks like Mahomes or uh, uh, Josh Allen or even Jalen Hurts to a degree are either having a little bit more of like down years or, um, you know, maybe their teams aren't doing as well. Like Josh Allen's team's like eight and six right now. Um, I don't even know if today they're even in the Like, technically, if the season ended today, if they're in the playoffs, they might be. They might sneak in at that 7. I know last week they were at, like, 10 or 11. Like, none of them are necessarily having, like, crazy statistical years. And also another thing that's part of the MVP discussion that it's, you could say it's kind of stupid, but it's just the way that we do it, is a lot of times, like, you can, even if you're having a really good year statistically, if it's not your best year, or if you're worse than you were last year, sometimes that hurts you a little bit. So somebody like Jalen Hurts, who's still having a relatively successful season statistically, uh, he actually would have won it last year if he didn't get hurt towards the end of the year, um, is kind of being hurt because the Eagles have kind of been a, the waters have been a little bit choppier with their wins. Um same thing with kind of like a Patrick Mahomes. Now now Patrick Mahomes' stats aren't as uh, you know, good as they usually are, but if this was like Mahomes' first year and he was doing this stuff, maybe we'd look at it a little bit differently. And with that being said, we'll kind of to the point of this whole video, will Brock Purdy win MVP? I still don't, I still don't know. And if you're looking at those odds there again, here I'll just show that screen again. Um, and I'm telling you, I did this when um, and this is the reason I'm doing this video and I'm looking at this. So a few weeks ago, I bet Tyreek Hill to win MVP because I kind of thought when we were talking about earlier when we were talking about Ladainian Tomlinson, um, uh, Sean Alexander, Adrian Peterson, what what did they have in common? They had a historic season. Tyreek Hill was a few weeks ago on pace to have the most receiving yards in a NFL season, which is basically he has to do that if he breaks that two thousand barrier. Um. Like that, that would be something that's so statistically impressive. His team uh, would be probably one of the top two or three seeds in the AFC, if not the top seed in the AFC. Now, you also have to worry about him. Uh, you have the Tua math here because uh, if Tyreek Hill does get that many yards, Tua's all around stats also get elevated and bumped up from that. So then it would be up to the voters. Do you give it to the quarterback or do you give it to the wide receiver who had a historic year? Um, like, like, for example, it's like when, when Brady won it. Randy Moss had a crazy year that year, uh, but they still gave it to Brady. So it'd be kind of that corollary. Um, Another thing here too, and Brock Purdy actually said this after the game yesterday. He's like, hey, I'm not the MVP. I I think if you're going to have an MVP on this team, it's Christian McCaffrey. And after I saw that, I put a little bit of a wager on Christian McCaffrey at uh, 20 to one. Because there's also a world here too where what if Christian McCaffrey just has like an insane last three weeks of the season and gets like, 600 all-purpose yards um if you have him on your fantasy team he helps you win a championship maybe gets like six seven eight more touchdowns in these last three weeks and like the thing is too it's like they're actually going to have to play these games they're not going to be hurt possibly right now by a potential um like like i think they're going to have to play week 18 to win so that's just kind of another factor here so like if you're doing like kind of outsider chances here I think it's McCaffrey and Tyree kill. Um, I think Dax out of it. Cause, cause again, too, we also have like a weird thing of like giving, and I've been listening to some of the talking heads talk about this today. We have this weird thing about giving, uh, this award to like not stars sometimes. Like, like we do, um, like probably the last one that we did it where it was not like, you know, your box office star is Matt Ryan. And even then, like Matt Ryan has been around, was had been around for a very long time at that point. His team, um, I think they did get the number one seed. I think they won like 13 or 14 games. So he checked a lot of the boxes and that Falcons team, like he was kind of, again, similar to the Purdy thing, like the engine or basically the front seat driver of this like, you know, incredible machine of a offense. And that's kind of where you get the Purdy thing here. again kind of to wrap this up I don't know what's going to happen but basically if you're looking at the odds here the odds are saying that maybe one of the most improbable MVPs that we ever have is going to be this season and it's going to be Brock Purdy who went from being four-year starter at Little Iowa State to now uh to Mr. Irrelevant to 49ers starting quarterback and hey man They could potentially win the Super Bowl this year. They look like the best team when they're healthy. If you were not watching and had other plans on Saturday night, um, the Detroit Lions and the Broncos played a football game. And the Lions, who had been kind of struggling the last few weeks, were like, hey, are they more pretenders? Maybe you could say the word frauds. Um, Well, they proved that, you know, they aren't, necessarily frauds at least for saturday or this week and they gobsmacked the broncos this game was over in a hurry um i think it was like 21 to 0 at halftime the lions just were basically a buzz on offense and the broncos really couldn't get anything going on their side of the ball when they uh had their offense going and there was a moment at the end of the third quarter where i'm gonna i'm gonna play the clip here in a minute if you know what i'm talking about where uh, Denver drives they get all the way down inside the five and they go three and out at the goal line and there's a play where they get a touchdown but it gets called back because there's an off and you go on uh, as the Broncos are kicking the field goal from like I think like the four yard line is where they were kicking it the TV the camera pins over to Sean Payton and Sean Payton is basically just Roasting Russell Wilson on the sideline, like chewing his butt out. So, we're going to go ahead and play this video here real fast, and then we are going to discuss what we see here. Oops. So as you can see there, Sean Payton clearly not happy. Um, he was asked about this interaction with his star quarterback after the game, and here's what he he said. Listen, what I talk with Russell about is none of your business. So a little bit of a context for that, um, that video there. So basically he was asked a question before this short little clip of uh, hey, why were you yelling at Russell Wilson on the sideline? What was that discussion about? Not not even necessarily like why were you yelling? It was more of a uh hey, what what was that discussion about? It seemed like it was pretty intense. And basically he said, I wasn't mad at Russell, I was mad about the uh the call on the field. And then the reporter obviously as we see here asked the appropriate question if you were mad at the call in the field why were you um yelling at russell wilson and Peyton just kind of deflects it as uh as he is prone to do and this has been a uh kind of a weird relationship as we've seen over the course of this year so i feel like i have to eat a little bit of crow here because i did a podcast i didn't post it on youtube it before we started posting stuff on youtube um Uh, I think it was around like kind of the, uh, beginning of October and it was basically about like the Broncos and I kind of broke down the whole situation of Russell Wilson and Sean Payton, where I was just very, and I'm still am to a degree confused as to why Sean Payton took this job in the first place. I mean, you can kind of like decipher the motivations and the motivations are basically, um, Cause you heard a few things. If you listen to like the actual NFL reporters that are insiders and know this stuff, it was kind of like, well, we know Sean Payton after he left the saints, went into TV. We know that he's probably going to come back and coach some sort of NFL team in the near future. We didn't know when we didn't know who Um, we could have guessed that. Hey, if Sean Payton's available, this guy's won a super bowl. He's going to go into the hall of fame someday. This guy'd be a pretty valuable commodity, and he'd probably be the most coveted head coach on the market. So you would think that, like, if Sean Payton were going to come back, this is what insiders are saying: there's a few things that he'd want. He'd want to have a franchise star quarterback. He'd want a chance to compete right away. He's not interested interested in a rebuild sort of thing. And three, well, I guess there's two things. Um, three. He would um, want some sort of roster control. He'd want control over the roster um, or at least have a very, very big impact on player personnel. And four, and that's, I think, probably the biggest reason he chose the Broncos was they paid him a buttload of money because the people that own the Broncos are part of the uh, family that that owns Walmart and they're super uber, uber, uber rich. So they can pay Sean Payton like $20 million a year or whatever he's getting paid now. Again, they really don't disclose NFL head coaching contracts like that um, as far as like dollar amounts. So with all of that being said, it was kind of always perplexing of like, hey, like the Chargers just fired Brandon Staley. I kind of thought that would be the job that Payton uh, would want to go to. Or if the Cowboys, let's say this year, who they've been playing pretty well, got gobsmacked by the uh the Bills yesterday, obviously. If uh if they flame out and lose to like the Tampa Bay Bucks in a, a four or five matchup in the playoffs, maybe they panic, fire Mike McCarthy, and Jerry Jones is willing to do uh because he, you know, he's like 80 years old now. He's old, wants to win a Super Bowl again before he dies, uh, or you know, potentially passes his team on to somebody else, maybe his sons, uh, that maybe he would, for the first time since the early 90s, be like, hey, I will Transfer over uh, a lot of the power of decision making to a coach because I want to win a Super Bowl. So those are kind of the two jobs that I thought. So going to the Broncos with Russell Wilson, who looked washed, and you know this team that also did paid a lot of money in Russell Wilson, they also gave a bunch of assets up for Russell Wilson. It was just kind of perplexing because it was like, oh, okay, you're going to a place that I don't think has a star quarterback anymore, at least and a, a, a rebuilding thing. So he only hit like two of those four things when he decided to jump back into the coaching ring. Now, they did go on a five-game winning streak there, which was pretty impressive. If you do go into like kind of the minutiae of those games, they did have a tremendous amount of turnover luck. And because of that turnover luck, that might be a reason that they had that winning streak there for a little bit. And um, I just kind of want to get into the bigger picture of Sean Payton and Russell Wilson here because... This relationship just does not seem like it's going well, where Peyton uh, earlier this year, this wasn't the first time this season that he had a big blow up on the sideline with Russell Wilson. He kind of like cursed him out again earlier this year against the Jets game right after Russell Wilson had a pretty bad fumble. Uh, He had like some comments in the uh, uh, in a press conference about like Russell Wilson and his like armband and like. Uh, knowing the plays and stuff like that. So that was all kind of weird. And it's just like, we're in a situation here where people are starting to wonder with this Broncos situation, with how Peyton is dealing with Wilson, where it's like, which Peyton has more of the power in this situation. Russell Russell Wilson hasn't uh, lived up to the big contract that he signed and hasn't lived up to the hype of the amount of assets that the Broncos gave up and sent to the Seahawks to get him. And I was reading earlier today that the Broncos this offseason are going to have to make a decision on whether they want to potentially move on from Russell Wilson because they could either trade him, I don't know who would want to trade for him, or two, they could also just cut him. And if they were to cut him, it would be like a massive cap hit, and it would basically be like, hey, we're going to press the reset button for a year if you're the Broncos, and then we're going to try and compete in 2025 and we'll try and get a quarterback in the draft or something. And that's really where we're uh, moving the bus here on this, because they have to decide, I think if they decide to fully guarantee his contract for next year, Russell Wilson is going to be making like $37 million a year. And Sean Payton wants to win. And I don't know if Sean Payton thinks he can win with Russell Wilson. There were rumors earlier this year that Russell Wilson was going to get benched at some point. So this is a very interesting situation here. Um, I don't know how big of a deal it is because maybe this is just kind of their relationship and people could say, well, you know, this is sports and this is football and this is intensity intensity. And there's a lot of alphas in football and there's a lot of, you know, um, you know, testosterone. And there's a lot of like, uh, not anger, but intensity that comes with the sport. And we do, we have seen, uh, you know, it's not the first time a coach has, you know, really lit up somebody on the sideline and somebody's really gotten like yelled at at the sideline. The difference in this situation is the difference between like Brian Dable throwing down the tablet earlier this year in front of Daniel Jones or in the past with um, like Tom Brady and Bill O'Brien and Josh McDaniels. I know in the past would kind of get into shouting matches on the sideline. But again, that was kind of like more of a back and forth. This is a situation here where um, Sean Payton, again, he was in media. He was in media for a year. Like he, he knows that like what he's doing on the sideline where he's publicly doing it in front on national TV in front of a live audience. He's letting people know that he is frustrated with Russell Wilson and he's sending a message to his ownership group possibly where it's like, Hey, we know that the money's pretty big here with Russell Wilson. We know it'd be a pretty tremendous cap hit, but we'd be winning some of these games if it wasn't for him, if it wasn't for his, um, you know you could you could criticize his athletic ability now he actually has played pretty well Peyton I think has gotten the best out of Russell Wilson like I thought this was going to be a disaster this year but again tuning back to the big picture thing with Sean Payton, I don't know why he chose this Broncos job I don't know why he chose it you're in the division with Patrick Mahomes Justin Herbert yeah the Raiders are kind of like a dumpster fire most of the time but it just it just seems like you're always unless you can unless you could have tanked and gotten like a caleb williams or something this year or drake may or whatever because we're probably gonna have like four quarterbacks taking the top 10 this year at least three um then maybe you have a chance but when you don't have a top 10 quarterback in this league it just gets really tough to compete Okay, that is going to do it for the podcast today. Thanks again for listening. Again, check out the YouTube channel, Sports Detective Podcast. Um, support the show on an NV platform that you can. Um, if people have been following me for a while, I've been doing this for three-plus years and just finally decided it was time to put some stuff on YouTube. So um, we've been doing that. Um, again, thank you for listening. And as always, guys, I will talk to you next time.